Okay, I just found out that you are not allowed to record video in a bank. Who knew? I wanted to record it in there because we are thinking about a question that Jesus asked. He asked, where do we keep our treasure? Now, the reality is most of us would love to have loads of treasure in the bank. And one of our problems is we don't have enough treasure in the bank. And that worry, the worry about money, is exhausting. So today, I'm going to find somewhere a bit quiet and we are going to think about this idea. we are talking about money is we have just released our finance report for the finances for 2022 and our projections for the year ahead. If you are a member of our church family I really recommend that you read it. You can get a paper copy on Sunday mornings or it's online on our website if you go to the news section. So we're taking four weeks to think about money and the place it has in our lives. And specifically, we're thinking about a way Jesus looks at it, where he talks about money sometimes taking the place of God in our life. And as with all counterfeits, if you want to recognise the fake, what's really good is to really understand the real thing. So we are spending four weeks looking specifically at God. Last week, we talked about God, our provider. And this week, we're going to talk about God, our security. There's a passage in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 34, where Jesus talks about money. It's quite a long passage, so I am not going to read it all here, but I really recommend that you go away and read it. It's really interesting stuff, and read it not as a set of nice things that Jesus said, but read it as, is this really possible that God wants to do this in my life? It starts because a guy in the crowd says to Jesus, tell my brother to share his inheritance with me. And Jesus doesn't want to get involved, but he perhaps discerning something behind the question says this in verse 15. He says, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Interestingly, Jesus says we need to beware of greed. We need to look out for it. Greed perhaps isn't like other sins. It's very easy to know if you are murdering someone or committing adultery or stealing something. But it seems that greed is one of those things that can be invisible in us that we don't notice it so much. I think often we don't think we're greedy because we look around us and it seems like other people have more money than us. So we just want to kind of get to an equal level. It's not greed that's working in us. But we'll see in this passage, that instead of just comparing up with people who have a little bit more than us, Jesus wants to lift our eyes right the way to the top to see how much God has, and that to be the transforming thought in our lives. It is interesting, this idea of greed being invisible. A number of years ago, someone in our congregation was, in, was really upset because they had a problem with some money that had inherited and it was going to other people in the family and they felt they were missing out on thousands and thousands of pounds. And I can remember being really blasé about it, saying, hey, don't worry, it's only money. Your family relationships are much more important, much more significant in the kingdom of God. I knew all the right answers. 
And then at the same time, there was a little bit of a dispute about the way I was paid. And I thought I'd missed out on maybe about a hundred pounds and it was eating me up inside. I was really cross about it. And this went on, this parallel state of affairs with this person's inheritance and my uh, dispute went on for days without me noticing the hypocrisy. And it took one of those moments, I was in the shower and just suddenly was like, oh my word, I'm a complete hypocrite because I think greed can be really invisible. We think it's about what we deserve, what's owed us. And actually, it's more complicated than that. In that passage in Luke 12, Jesus says, be on the lookout for all types of greed. And then he gives examples of two different types of greed. We're gonna look at what those are, what fear drives them, and what's ironic about them, what is ridiculous about both those things. The first one is storing up. It's about the idea of amassing enough wealth and keeping it for ourselves for that unknown future, for that rainy day. It's trying to insulate ourselves from the hardship of life with a cushion of wealth. And the fear that drives this is this fear of the future, fear of things going wrong, fear of uh, stuff falling apart, fear of running out, fear of scarcity. It's all about the future, the unknown future, and trying to be in control of it. And of course, the irony is we can't control the uncontrollable. The future is unknown to us. And the things that are really harmful to our life uh, problems with health, with relationships, with the, the worldwide economy are outside of our control anyway. So it's a delusional idea that we could ever store up enough to protect ourselves from any of those things. So in the passage, Jesus talks about the rich fool who has a bumper harvest. So he builds bigger barns and he stores it all up and he says, look, now I can chill out and relax and be happy. And God says, you fool, because tonight, your life is gonna be taken from you. Tonight's the night you die. And all that stuff that he thought he owned, he found out he only had on loan. And even his own life, it was only on loan. And Jesus concludes that section by saying, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So that's the first type of greed. And the second type of greed he goes on to talk about is spending. He talks about how beautiful the lilies in the field, the flowers in the field are, and talks about how we try and make ourselves beautiful as well. And we can use wealth for this. We can use wealth to try and make ourselves attractive and beautiful. We can use wealth to purchase things that signify success or happiness or fulfillment. All these things to make ourselves feel more valued and to try and make ourselves seem more valuable to others whether that's the cool stuff, the valuable clothes, the latest tech, those trips to places that we think will make us interesting and amassing objects that make us seem exclusive and privileged and cool. And the fear that drives this is that we are not enough on our own, that we are not worthy of love, that we are not going to be accepted. So we need to kind of bolster our self worth, our sense of self-worth by having all this stuff around us. And the irony is, if you do that, you never know whether people like you for you or they just like you because of all the stuff you have. This is the ridiculousness of those celebrities who go to ridiculous lengths of cosmetic surgery, trying to capture something about their youth that they thought made themselves look beautiful but end up looking a bit weird. Or I read a 
interview once with a footballer and he said he had to stay with his girlfriend because she was his girlfriend before he signed a professional contract, before he had money. And now he doesn't know, if, if he broke up with her, he wouldn't know whether someone was with him for him or for his money, which is just tremendously sad and somewhat insulting to his girlfriend. So we have those two types of greed. We have storing up to try and control the uncontrollable future. And we have spending to try and bolster our sense of self-worth and make ourselves feel lovable and acceptable. And Jesus concludes, after he's talked about these two types of greed, with a statement in verse 29. Don't worry about such things. Do you know, worrying about money is exhausting and we think the solution to my worries about money is to have more money. If I had enough, then I would stop worrying. They did a survey in America where they asked people who had over six-figure incomes whether they had enough money. And only one-third said they had enough money for everything they wanted. Which means two-thirds of people, two-thirds of the richest people in the richest nation in the history of the world don't feel that they have enough money for everything they need. This is the craziness of it. We can never have enough money to solve our problems because the problem isn't the money, the problem is with us and where we are putting our security. So Jesus' different alternative is this. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world but your father already knows your needs. This is what we talked about last session. God is our loving father who sees us and knows our needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. It's this shifting of our security from money, from what's in the bank or what we wish was in the bank, and shifting the security onto God, our loving Father, that makes the difference. God is infinitely rich and infinitely generous. Just like any earthly parent, he wants to look after his children and he has the resources to do it. If we think about money as the solution, if we think about it as the ultimate currency in life, we are going to be driven by it. And being driven by it is that sin sickness that Jesus is talking about, greed. Greed isn't to do with how much money you have. You can have lots of money and not be greedy. You can have no money and be really greedy. Greed is about our life being driven by the desire for money. And in doing that, it means we can't seek first the kingdom of God. So we need to think, what is the most important element in our life? And if money is up there, if money is above God, then we do have a greed problem and we need to sort it out. Otherwise, we cannot live the life that Jesus has for us. We need to shift to a better resource and that's God. And God who can solve the problems we try and solve with money. We can't control the uncontrollable, unknown future but God knows the future and he has the resources to deal with it. We can't have enough money to make ourselves completely lovable and acceptable. But God already loves us and he already accepts us as we are. In verse 32, Jesus says, So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. 
He's already given us access to the kingdom. Like a prince or a princess in a medieval kingdom, we have everything, we have the whole resources of the kingdom given to us. We don't need to worry any about anything because our Father, the King, is going to look after us. And as we let this reality take hold, we will find our worries start to slip away because we know that God is going to look after us in the future. That is the good news. It makes us resilient. And we know that we are accepted as we are. We don't need to display status or privilege or uh, opportunities or you know, anything to make people think better of us because the creator of the universe is already crazy about us. It allows us to be secure in God and therefore be generous with our money. In verses 33 and 34, Jesus says this, as you're generous, this will store up treasure for you in heaven and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. We have this invitation to find treasure in God, this permanent, safe, secure place that will then start to change the very desires of our heart. So let's take Jesus' word to heart and let us beware of every type of greed. We need to ask ourselves, is there greed in my heart? What are the signs that might point towards money being central instead of God? How much do we use our money and possessions for a full sense of control or to bolster our fragile self-worth? How can we shift these delusional ideas from money into a secure footing with God? What might we need to do this very week to start making some changes? Last week, we talked about one of the things that we should do with our money is be intentional and plan with it. And maybe we can think about that. What do we do in our financial planning that shows we make a priority of God's kingdom and his values? So let's pray. Father, we have this desire to be the type of people that you want to make us into, people who are radically different from the things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers that we have been transformed by this idea of you, the creator of the universe, passionately in love with us, looking after us, and making available the resources that we need, perhaps not that we want, but the resources we need to live the life you have for us. Father, help us be more and more secure in that, and help us take steps this week to shift our security from money into you. Help us know practical steps that we can do as we plan what to do with our money. In Jesus' name, Amen.